Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. والعاديات ضبحا فالموريات قدحا فالمغيرات صبحا فأثرن به نقعا فوسطن به جمعا إن الإنسان لربه لكنود وإنه على ذلك لشهيد وإنه لحب الخير لشديد أفلا يعلم إذا بعثر ما في القبور وحصل ما في الصدور إن ربهم بهم يومئذ لخبير السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Dear brothers and sisters, tonight inshallah we will continue this series of tafsir. Again, this is the tafsir in the order of revelation as the surahs were revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam based on the narrations of some of the commentators and the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ibn Ishaq and many others that this is the order which we have started with surah al-alaq being surah number one then surah al المدثر من سورة القلم من سورة المزمل which we have already done سورة الفاتحة من سورة المسد من سورة التكوير من سورة الأعلى من سورة الليل من سورة الفجر those are the first ten surahs then we said after the first ten surahs after سورة الفجر the wahi was was stopped for a certain period of time which the narrations put that time at three days to few weeks or few months but nevertheless there was a time when the wahi was stopped then Allah Azza wa Jal continued the revelation with Surah Al-Duha with Surah then followed by Surah Al-Inshirah Alam Nafrah Laka Sadrak and we said that these two surahs specifically were addressed to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam telling him that Allah Azza wa Jal had never abandoned you Allah will never let you alone Allah will never leave you in this struggle with the kuffar with the mushrikeen alone and this wahi continues and at the end of surah al-duha Allah concluded وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى Allah will continue to give you and to give you of course everything but in particular the Quran 
you will receive the Quran, you will receive the revelation, you will receive everything from Allah Azza wa Jal, such that you will be pleased. Allah will please Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then in Surah Al-Inshirah, he uh, uh, concluded, or he, uh, Allah Azza wa Jal made this two ayat, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with every hardship there is a breakthrough, with every hardship there is the support that comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. With every hardship, with every difficulty, there is an ease. It's going to, and twice, double time, he said it, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَ Indeed, with hardship there is the yusr, there is the ease of difficulties. And then, last time we did Surah Al-Asr. We said this surah continues to be now going back to the... Would I call it to the normal environment of the da'wah, where there is the struggle between the kuffar, the mushrikeen on one hand, the Muslims on the other hand. So in this surah al-Asr, Allah Azza wa Jal indicated and He made this oath by al-Asr that every human being, every insan, every people, all types of people are going to lose until and unless they uh, they qualify with four categories or with four characteristics. Every person in this world. Every human, every one who has been created, Allah Azza wa Jal says, indeed is a loser, except those who believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, alladhina amanu, wa amilu salihat, perform good deeds, wa tawasaw bil haq, wa tawasaw bil sabr. They establish the haq and they support it and they go after it, and they establish, they support a sabr and they continue to have sabr, and they encourage one another to maintain and sustain sabr. Those four qualities are necessary, are necessary for someone to get out of the pool of losers. So Allah Azza wa Jal is saying the insan in a pool of losers. So as if there is a pool and all the people are in that pool and this is the losing pool. And those who come out of that pool, who are saved from that pool, are the ones who have those four categories. That is the last surah which we said. And uh, I mentioned that in one of the narrations, the uh, Ibn Abbas says, when Allah says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ He is directing a finger at some of the elites of the kuffar, like Abu Jahl, or Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, depending on uh, who was more harsh on the Prophet Now, the next surah in this revelation, in this order, is Surah Al-Adiyat. Surah Al-Adiyat, it's very interesting surah, and we'll try to see its position in this scenario, in this series of revelation. Here Allah Azza wa continues in the same rhythm as the previous surahs with an oath. The previous surah was Wal-Asri. Allah Azza wa is making an oath by Al-Asr. And we said Al-Asr is the time. It's a time period. In previous surah, not Al-Sharah, the one before Wal-Duha. He makes an oath by Al-Duha. In previous one, he makes an oath by Al-Fajr, Wal-Fajr, the dawn. Previously, Wal-Layl, Iza Yagsha, by the night, and so on. This has become a rhythm, has become a trend. In the Qur'an, Allah Azza wa Jal begins a surah by an oath. And the oath, when Allah Azza wa Jal makes an oath, he wants to make a point, because the oath, as in Arabic says, there is Al-Qasam wa Jawab Al-Qasam. There is the oath and there is the response to the Qasam, the response to the oath. I swear by something. Swear what? For what? The thing that you are swearing about, you are making oath, must be significant. And 
Here Allah Azawajal, He wants to draw the attention of the people to something important, like the previous surah to Al-Asr. I am drawing your attention to Al-Asr, to the time, to the era, to the time period in which events take place, to the time period in which people live, and swearing with the result what? Indeed, Al-Insan is in a losing situation. By the time in which the people live, by the time in which events take place, by the time in which the struggle takes place between the Kuffar and the Musriqeen, by the time in which, during which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became a messenger and conveying a message. Now, this surah, Allah says, وَالْعَادِيَاتِ ضَبْحَ He is making an oath by Al-Adiyat. Al-Adiyat are the horses, the horses when they run at very high speed in the war time, and they are making this type of noise. Babh means the noise that come out of the mouth and the and 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 the and the nose of the horses. It's called babh. It is it is not the the sound which the horse make while it's standing and calling for its another mates or something. It is a sound that comes out of the breath of the horse, meaning that something is serious. It is running. It's being exhausted. It is. Uh, uh, it's exerting an effort. So, al-adiyati wa al-adiyat. I swear by al-adi, it's a plural form of the word adi. Adi, adi means running fast. Dabha, dabha, wa al-adiyati, dabha, while they are running, they are making this noise that come out of their nose and their mouth because of being short of breath. Falmuriyati qadha. While they are running, they are out of their feet when they are hitting the stones in the desert and all of these rough roads in the, in the rocks, uh, fire is coming out. There's sparks of fire coming out of their feet, meaning that the issue is serious and the horses are running and they are making all types of noise coming from them. They are making fire behind them. That's the next part of the swear, of the oath. فَالْمُرِيَاتِ قَدْحَ فَالْمُغِيَرَاتِ subha. Now I'm just going over the translation which is relevant to the surah. And then I will go in the more details. فَالْمُغِيرَاتِ subha. And then those horses, they are making the strike early in the morning. المُغِيرَات means from the word غارة. غارة يُغِيرُ غَارَةً For those horses, they are making their strike, their fight in the morning. After they run so fast, they are making the fire coming out of their feet, and they are making their attack subha in the morning. And then it says, bihi While they are running, they make all the dust come behind them, so you don't see them. It's like a tank running in the desert somewhere in Afghanistan, or these places, you look at the video clips sometimes, you don't see the tank or the vehicle, it's all covered with dust. Similarly, in the war time with the horses, the horses are running, they are running fast, they are making you hear the noises, you see some sparks coming out of them, but the dust is covering all over. Fa'atharna means they raised the dust out of the desert. That's fa'atharna. Bihi naqa, and naqa al-ghubar. Ghubar is a dust. Fa'atharna bihi naqa. Fawasatna bihi jam'a. While they are doing all of this, they come to the enemy, to the uh, parades of the enemy, and they break it in halves in the middle, so the horses end up in the middle 
of the war, in the middle of the front, in the middle of the enemy army. And then just imagine there is a big clash happening between one side and the other side. Here Allah Azza wa does not say about whose side is this, whose horses are these, who is riding them. In the tafsir you will find many mufassirin, they say these are the horses of the believers, or the horses of the war, or the camels. But here Allah Azza wa in fact He does not specifically say, He is just giving the scene, it's an image. Just like when we said about وَالْفَجْرِ وَلَيَالٍ عَشَرٍ There is a fajr, the dawn, and then there are nights, and then وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَسْرٍ When the night is going away. In another place, وَالضُّحَى وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا سَجَرٍ The time of the high rise of the sun, and by the night when the night is so calm. It's an environment Allah Azza wa Jal wants to draw your attention to, such that you will expect something. So Allah is drawing a picture for us. It's a scene in which horses are running, horses are making noise, horses are making sparks, horses are making all the dust come behind them, horses are uh, coming into the, into the middle of the army, in the middle of the uh, opposite army, and stop right there. Right there, the scene is over. That's the scene that Allah Azza wa Jal draws. And then he wants to say something. Just like Surah Al-Asr, after the oath, he says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ Here he says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودِ Talking about people. Aha. The issue of the Qur'an, the issue of the Qur'an is for people, it's about people. It's not about the time, the time is for people to understand. It's not about the horses and the war, it's about what the people do. At the end of the day, yes, there are wars. There will be a war tomorrow or day after tomorrow. America will strike against Syria. Uh, we pray to Allah Azza wa Jal that they will not and they should not. And let the Muslims take care of their own affairs. But there are, there are wars. There are scenes. So there is a scene. And when I start telling you, look, there are rockets are being launched. Airplanes are circulating the areas. And tanks are hitting. And uh, cannons throwing their... their their the bombs, there is a scene. And then out of that, you, you want to know what is the fate of the people. Okay, I know there is a war. I know someone is striking. I know that's going to happen. But what's going to happen to the people? What is the status of the people? What is it that matters? Out of all of this, what is it that matters? It's the fate and the status of the human. Just like Surah Al-Asr, it's إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ Insan is indeed a loser. Here it says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ Same thing. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودِ Al-insan is in a state of denial to his Rabb. Oh. Out of all of this, despite all of that scene, he says, let me tell you what the human is about. What does the human do? In general, and of course there are exceptions. As in Surah Al-Asr, there is exception here also. There will be some exceptions. But here, the focus is, look, the human, al-insan, is in a state of denial. لربه, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ The human. لربه for his Rabb. لكنود, كنود is, uh, is an Arabic term which means denial, denial of the good favors. When we say this person is kanud, like let's say, I say, oh, you know what? You only brought me uh, some water that's not cold enough. But it's water. At least you can drink it. 
So be thankful. Be appreciative. Insan is not appreciative. Lakalud is not appreciative. If you give him something, he wants more. He forgets that he gave you. Allah in many other places, he says, if you start counting the things that I gave you, you will never finish. But you always want more. He gave you the eye, the sight, the ears, the brain, the heart, the skin, the tasting glands, uh, the ability to walk, to function. He gave you, if nothing but that, but that's enough. Then on top of that, he gave you the water, he gave you the air, he gave you the sun, he gave you the earth, he gave you the food, he gave you the uh, light, he gave you the... uh, all types, all things that are around you. He gave it. But then... At the end of the day, you say, you know what? I still want something extra. As in Surah Al-Qalam, or uh, was it Surah Al-Qalam or Surah Al-Muddathir, where he says, uh, I think it's Surah Al-Muddathir. He is greedy. He wants more. We gave him uh, we gave him extended money and wealth and Benin sons Benina Shuhuda who are witnessing his, his might and his power about Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira then he wants more indeed he was absolutely uh, stubborn against our ayat here in the same thing Allah says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٍ This person, when it comes to his Rabb, the Rabb that gave him everything, he is in denial. He denies the favors that Allah bestowed upon him, and he goes and worships someone else. You want victory from Allah, and I keep repeating this, the brothers in Syria, you want victory from Allah, you want Allah to support you, and then from behind your, the back you say, Oh security council, please give us some resolution so they can fight on our behalf. What's going on? You want something from Allah and you still want something from the people. You want to rely Allah Azza wa to give you victory, but you still want to be allies, to ally yourself with the kuffar, with the non-believers, with the mushrikeen. It doesn't work like that. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٍ وَإِنَّهُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ لَشَهِيدٍ Indeed, إِنَّهُ says he is a witness over that. Many of the Mufassirin, they say, Allah is a witness. Allah is witnessing what this man is doing. Now, other Mufassirin, they say, no, the human will stand up as a witness against himself, against his own self. Because on the day of judgment, Allah will bring each person himself and will have a shaheed, someone who is a witness on him who will say about his status. Either will make a witness on his behalf or against him. And the person himself, each person, your tongue will become a witness against you. Your legs will be a witness against you. Your hands will be a witness against you. So that's in line whether it is Allah is witnessing what the human is doing or whether it's the man himself will be a witness against his own self. It all fits in the same line of faith, the same line of Islam. And then Allah continues about this human, about the oath that he has just said, وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٍ Now this is definitely the human, the insan, 
he is kalud, he denies what Allah Azza wa Jal bestowed, the favors he bestowed upon him. وَإِنَّهُ يُحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لِشَدِيدٍ He absolutely loved the al-khayr, in this case it's the wealth. حُبِّ الْخَيْرِ The love of wealth, he has absolute extreme love. Just like in Surah Al-Fajr, where Allah Azza wa Jal says, كَلَّا بَلَّا تُكْرِمُونَ الْيَتِيمِ وَلَا تَحَضُّونَ عَلَى طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينَ وَتَأْكُلُونَ التُّرَافَ أَكْلًا لَمَّا وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا جَمَّا You love the wealth with great lust. You have very great affection and love to the wealth. وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا جَمَّا Here he says, وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٍ He is in absolute love and attraction to the wealth, to the money, to al-khayr, the favors. Now, Favors are being bestowed upon him. He loves that, but still he denies the favor from Allah. Just like Qarun. And I think I mentioned this in the past. Qarun, when Allah gave him lots of wealth, and the people from Bani Israel, they came and told Qarun, Oh Qarun, why don't you spend from what Allah has given you? He said, إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِّنِّي Oh, all of this wealth is mine. I got it with my own knowledge. So he forgets the fact that Allah gave him that power, gave him that wealth, gave him that money. This person is denying the fact that Allah bestowed his favors upon him. And then Allah concludes with this scenario about this man. Doesn't this person, after all of this, the favor is bestowed upon him, the wealth that comes to him, he rejects the fact that it's from Allah Don't you know that one day you will die and you will come out from your grave? أَفَلَا يَعْلَمُ إِذَا بُعْثِرَ مَا فِي الْقُبُورِ Don't, doesn't the human know when the graves will be scattered, will be, dis, will be, will be dispersed. Those graves that you go in a graveyard, you look at this smooth, each grave by itself, then there will come a day when they are, all these graves are dug and the things are coming out from there. They are no longer graves which are hiding people beneath them. There will come a day when the graves will be wide open. It says, Whatever inside the graves will disperse, will come out. And within the chest of the people, within the hearts, what is inside you, it will be extracted. As if, as if when we die, still within us, within our bodies, within our chest, within our brains, that memory, the thing that we have done in this world, continues to be engraved there. Now how is that? We don't know. Allah Azza wa Jal is talking about an event that will take after Al-Qiyamah, after the end of this world. But then he's saying that a day will come when those graves will no longer be holding the dead people. Life will come up again. And there are many ayat in the Quran later we will talk about them that that day will come when the life will be revived, when the people will come out uh, and the humans will be returned into this life and then the accountability begins whatever inside the chest inside the human, inside your hearts, inside your brains whatever deeds you have done will be retrieved means retrieved 
just like information. You retrieve it. Allah will retrieve whatever being stored, whatever was stored in the, within the human. That day Allah knows exactly what is going on. Now of course, it says that day Allah knows. Allah knows during that day and everybody, every other day. The knowledge of Allah is overwhelming. It's not limited by time. But specifically, at the time of accountability, that's what counts. Because now, I know that Allah knows what I am doing. At least, the Qur'an is telling me. And Allah knows what I am doing. And I know that Allah knows what I, I am doing. Whether I am doing right or wrong. But what matters, of course now, I may not be acting on that. I say, oh, okay, fine, who cares? Some people are making alliances behind the scenes with America, with Britain, with France, as far as Syria is concerned. Someone is making the conspiracies in Egypt against Islam, with the secularism, with the United States, with the army, with everything. And many of these people, they know that this cannot be hidden from Allah Azza But the accountability about these issues may not happen immediately. You will be accountable about that, but that's not happening now. And someone, right now, in this room, in any other room, there is something happening within my brain. Something going on. Even while I'm talking, while you are listening, something goes in your brain. Something goes in your ideas. Allah knows that. But this is not the time of accountability, so that does not, that may not have an impact on you unless you have a yaqeen. Strong iman. But the day of when the people come out of the death, that matters. When it says, Allah on that day is absolutely knowledgeable of what you have done and He retrieves all this information, big issue. That's a very big issue. That's dangerous. Because now Allah not only knows, but it's the time of accountability. It's the time to handle you your book, where to go. Either in your right hand and all the way to the Jannah, or in your left hand or behind your back and go to Jahannam. That is the literal translation with some details about this surah. Now, putting this all in perspective, what's going on? In Mecca, as you remember, here is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa with his sahaba, some of them are strong, some of them are weak, facing Quraysh with all of its atrocities, Abu Jahl, Al-Walid bin Mughira, Al-Akhnas bin Shuraiq, Al-Wa'il bin Al-As bin Wa'il, Aswad bin Abd Yaghuth, Umayyah bin Khalaf, dragging Bilal on the desert. So the situation is hot. There is hot struggle. There is fierce struggle. There is something that says that these Muslims are being oppressed. Someone is invading their ability or their right to worship Allah and violating that. Someone is violating the rights of Muslims to worship Allah. Someone is violating the right of Muhammad to convey the message of Islam from Allah to the people. It's a fierce struggle. And on the other hand, someone is standing up or laying down on his, on his back with a big rock on his chest like Bilal saying, Ahadun Ahad. I stand up 
to Allah Azza wa Jal, and I witness that Allah is one and only one. And on the same time, on the other side of Mecca, Abu Jahl and his elites having their sticks and their uh, uh, whips, lashing Yasser and Ammar and Sumayyah, and beating them until Sumayyah and, and Yasser die out and become shaheed and leave this world. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa comes out despite all of these atrocities from his house and wants to call for Allah Azza wa Jal. And Abdullah bin Mas'ud on one side, he says, I swear that I will go and read the Qur'an in front of the Kaaba so that these mushrikeen will listen to the Qur'an even though they may hate it. And he gets beaten and he comes back and dragged back to his companions. That's the situation. It's a hot situation. It's a fierce struggle. And in the meantime, the Muslims now, they are growing in number. So they are no, no longer weak. And many of the narrations say that at this time, now you have Umar already a Muslim. You have uh, uh, Hamza maybe has already been a Muslim. So, and there are quite a few people who have accepted Islam. So the Muslims are not necessarily weak, but they are overpowered. So Allah Azza wa brings this picture of a fight. So the fight is not allowed yet. Remember, Mecca, there is no fight in Mecca, no war. Muslims are, were told, كُفُّوا أَيْدِيَكُمْ أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ قِيلَ لَهُمْ كُفُّوا أَيْدِيَكُمْ وَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةِ They were told, keep your hands to yourself. Don't fight back. Don't hit back. Don't use your hand. Don't use your material thing. Don't do that. You get killed, you get persecuted, you get violated, have sabr. Have sabr. Continue to convey the message of Islam. Continue to call for Islam. Continue to create public opinion. Continue to recruit Muslims. Continue to convey this. Despite all the difficulties, don't fight back. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comes close to Bani al-Yasir. He tells them, لا أملك لكم من الله شيء. I have nothing to support you well. Sabran al-Yasir. Just be sabr, make sabr. I would see you in Jannah. Comes to Bilal. Ahadun tunjika ya Bilal. Ahad keeps saying, Ahad, this is your savior. He doesn't say, let's go and fight back. Some Muslims, they start saying, Ya Rasulullah, why are we not fighting back? Why don't we revenge? Oh, the Quran in Surah An-Nisa reminds them, Alam tara ila alladhina qila lahum kufu aydiyakum wa aqimu salat. Don't you see those people that we've told them once, Keep your hands to yourself. Just establish the prayer. What is zakah? Pay the zakah. Don't fight back. But the image of fight, the love to fight, that affection that they want to take it is within their hearts. So Allah Azza wa Jal brings this surah and this ayat. He says, "There would come a day. I swear by the horses when they run fast. I swear by the horses when they make fire behind their feet." because of their speed. I swear by the horses when they make all of these of that dust. I swear by the horses when they break the, 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 uh, the frontier of the army. That is an image, that's an image given to those Muslims that don't worry about this issue. When it comes to the fight, there will be a fight. There will be horses. And you'll love that. There is nothing more beloved 
to a fighter in the army, then seeing the horses start running, pushing all the strength and breaking the frontier of the, uh, of the, of the opposite army. That is a scene which is absolutely gorgeous to the mind of a person who has been oppressed, to a mind of a person who has been violated, to a mind of a person who has been fought against and could not do anything. So that image is going and playing and mingling within their minds. So Allah Azza is making this image and saying, yes indeed, there will be al-adiyat. Wal-adiyat tabha. I swear by the adiyat, by the horses when they run and they make the noise. I swear by the horses when they, uh, 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 when they make the dust behind them. I swear by them when they make a strike early in the morning. And in fact, the battle of Badr, that's the time when the war started. It was the first battle. It was right when, they, when, they, when the morning broke. The Muslims were lined up all night. They were ready and they got some sleep. In the morning, the war started. This is how good wars start. In early in the morning, when, the, when you are in absolutely fresh mood, you are able with all your energy. So that image Allah draws to the minds of the Muslims to bring into their hearts, into their minds, this cool type of image. However, on the same, at the same time, as if he's saying, but that is not the issue now. The issue I want to tell you about the reality of how people actually deny their Rabb. That is an issue that Allah will enable. That time will come. The time of war, the time of fight will come. They will come. But that's, as far as you are concerned now, look at who is around you. Make a note of it. Make a note that what you are against, you are against is a human who is in absolute denial to his Rabb. So you want to change that. You want to talk about this Rabb. You want to bring this Rabb into the picture. You want to tell the people, Allah Azza is behind this world. Allah is behind the legislation. Allah is behind the laws. Allah is behind the order. Allah is behind the victory. Allah is behind the support. You have to bring all of this to the people so that they understand what you stand for. What is it that you are after? This is my deen. This is my Islam. This is my Rabb. So let the people know, let that insan who is in denial of Allah Azza let him know that he is in denial to his Rabb. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودُ وَإِنَّهُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ لَشَهِيدُ He knows that. And that's a comfort telling the people that you know this man, he knows that and he's in denial. So I will take this side of the, of the translation, of the tafsir, that it is the human who is shaheed. Leaving aside the other correct tafsir, which is Allah is a shaheed, but I will take this part now, saying that, look, this insan who is kanud, who is denying, who is rejecting, at the meantime, he is knowing, he witnesses the fact that he is absolutely wrong. So deep inside, he knows he's wrong. And we know that Al-Walid, in fact, uh, Ibn Abdahak, one of the Mufassirin, he says, this ayah refers to Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira. And Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, when he was asked about the Qur'an, about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he specifically said, there is no way in the world these can be the words of Muhammad. It's impossible. This is not the words of Muhammad. These are words that are way beyond the ability of Muhammad to compose. And he described the Qur'an. He told them, then what do you think of, the, of these words? He said, this Qur'an is absolutely high. 
it is always at the highest peak. It can never be popped. إِنَّهُ لَا يَعْلُوا وَلَا يُعْلَى عَلَيْهِ مُغْدُقُ الْأَسَّلُ If it's like a tree, it is so fertile beneath. So fertile. It's absolutely rich in water, in uh, all of the, the, the nutritions, the air. It's absolutely nutritious, fertile from below. مُثْمِرٌ أَعْلَى from top, it has all types of fruits. This cannot be, and then he says, It has sweetness. It's always as if it's wet with dew, like with the water in the morning, something fresh. It's always fresh. It's always sweet. It's always nice. It cannot be topped. So he's a shaheed. He knows. But then, when he was asked, if that's the case, if that's the case with the Qur'an, are you going to accept it and believe in it? Then the Qur'an says, He start thinking, ah, okay, let me think. Then he lost, he was killed. He made a big mistake the way he made this estimation. He made thinking. He thought, then he started weighing things around. Uh, just like those people that in Egypt or in Syria sometimes, they think, you know what? Islam is correct. Islam should be ruling. After all, we are Muslims. But if we bring Islam, you know what? America is not going to like that. The secularists will not like it. The army will go against it. So let's cool it down. Let's not bring Islam now. Let's play the game. Let's play the rules of the game so that later on we can do something. That is taqdeer. That's wrong. That's what Al-Walid did. So Al-Walid knows. So here is the issue. Those people who today in the Muslim world, they call for secularism, the Muslims, they know secularism is wrong. Those who call for a civil state, they know a civil state is not Islam. Those who call for democracy, Muslims, I'm talking about scholars, and top elites, they know it's wrong. They know it's haram, they know it's the rule of the people. Rule of the people does not stand in front of the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal. But then they say, you know what, this is the rules of the game. We have to play the rules of the game so that we don't anger many people. So that we can blend in. We become part of the rainbow. That's wrong. So you know the fact. This insan who is denying this rububiyyah. Rububiyyah means Allah is the one and only Rabb. Allah is the source of all legislations. Allah is the source of all support. Allah is the source of all victory. Allah is the source of all the food. Allah is the source of all security. Don't you remember or don't you see in Surah Quraysh? فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوعٍ وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ Let them worship the Rabb of this house, the one who gives food and feed the hungry, وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ And the one who provides security, the one who takes away the scare and the, and the frightenedness and the, and the fear and installs security. So the one who provides security and food, 
is Allah Azza wa Jal, is the Rabbul Bayt. It's Allah who provides all of these. So this person who is in denial to this Rabb, and the human who is in denial, who is denying, rejecting the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal will be my Rabb, but your Rabb is the one who provides security, and you go and look for security from America. Allah Azza wa Jal is the provider for the food, and you go to the International Monetary Fund to take a loan. What's going on? And he knows that. It's not that he doesn't know. Ah, he will be waiting for al-adiyat to come. That's to be the final determination, the, the, the determination between haqq and batil is going to be with al-adiyat. The horses that run in the war. So that is a reminder for the future. And it's a very interesting notion of the Qur'an. Sometimes a reminder is a reminder of a fact that happens. But Allah makes this as a reminder of a fact that will happen. Just like in Surah Al-Fajr. Remember Surah Al-Fajr, when Allah says, هَلْ فِي ذَلِكَ قَسَمُ الَّذِي حِجْرِ Do you really understand the notion of this qasam? When Allah says, I swear by the dawn and by the ten nights and by the night when it goes away. Do you know what is meant by that? Oh, it says, let me tell you what's going on. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Eventually, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَبِالْمَرْصَادِ Allah is watchful and He will get those tyrants of Mecca in the same manner He got the tyrants of Pharaoh and Ad and Thamud. And similarly here, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَكَنُودِ This insan, like Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira and Abu Jahl, they are kanud, they are denying the fact that Allah is the Rabb and the only Rabb, He's the one who is the source of everything, and they know that Allah eventually will bring him in a situation where the horses will penetrate their lines and will break their unity and their strength. That's where the qasam, the oath, comes in handy. Despite the fact that this man is in absolute denial, remember that this will not continue and will not prevail. It will not prevail on the day of judgment. One thing, when Allah says, don't you know what's going to happen on the day of judgment? The graves will, will, will be wide open. Everything in your, head, in your heart, in your chest, in your mind, in your memory will be extracted and will be retrieved. And everything will be wide open as Allah said in other surah which we talked about. فَإِذَا الصُّحُفُ نُشِرَتْ In surah At-Takwir Then الصُّحُف all the pages will be wide open, will be published. Everything will be known. وَحُسِّلَنَا فِي الصُّدُورِ إِنَّ رَبَّهُمْ بِهِمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَخَبِيرٌ Allah Azza wa Jal knows exactly what they have done and He knows what to do with them. But that is on the day of judgment. But in this life, which is two scenes, one at the end and one at the front. One at the end, the scene at the end, that the day of judgment will come and these people will be accountable, and one in the front, which is Al-Adiyati Dabha, the horses run in this dunya. Horses will not run on the day of judgment. Holy horses will not make that big scene on the day of judgment. It's over, this is dunya, this life. So those kuffar, who are in absolute denial to their Rabb, at the time of Mecca, just like those who are in absolute denial to the Rabb 
of today. Those who don't want the Sharia of Islam to be implemented, those who are against the rise of Islam again, those who are against the establishment of the Khilafah of Allah on this earth, those who are against the rules of Islam to be implemented in this world. Okay, two things are awaiting you. One, on the day of judgment when the graves will be wide open and your deeds will be extracted and you will be punished for what the deeds you have done and, and there will come the day when the horses of Islam and the Muslims will ride and then you will be humiliated. So there is these two edges of the surah. On one edge, at the front, there is al-adiyat, the horses, which are the power of this dunya. And this is the means of punishing the kuffar and the mushrikeen and the secularists and the liberals and all of these. This is on dunya. And on the other side, on the other side, the punishment on the day of judgment for those. And that is... That gives those Muslims at the time, going back now, what does, it, what does that mean to the Muslims? Well, the Muslims, like Bilal, like Sumayya, like Yasser, like Mas'ab bin Umayr, like Suhaib al-Rumi, like Salman Farisi, like Hamza, like, like all of these, like Abu Bakr, like Uthman, like Ali, like the, the Prophet sallallahu himself, like Khadija. What does that mean to them? It means absolute comfort absolute confidence that victory in this dunya is coming. Allah is giving this hint about this power that will come at one point of time. So don't rush yourself. As you are, they were told, don't rush. Continue to do whatever you, you are doing. There will come a day when you will be allowed to fight. As in Surah Al-Hajj he says, Allah Azza wa Jal, أُذِنَ لِلَّذِينَ يُقَاتَلُونَ بِأَنَّهُمْ ظُلِمُوا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ نَصْرِهِمْ لَقَدِيرٌ Now those who have been oppressed for the long time, now I give them their permission to fight and let their horses ride. Let their ideas make dabh. Let their ideas make naqa. فَأَثَرْنَ بِهِ نَقَعَ Let their ideas run and make this fire being cracked out, being coming out of their feet. فَالْمُورِيَاتِ قَدْحَ Let their horses come and break the barriers and the frontiers of the enemy. So on one side, there is a promise for the victory of the Muslims in the dunya, and also there is a promise that these kuffar who are in complete denial of Islam, on the day of judgment, they will come out of their graves, and they will be shameful of their deeds, and Allah will take care of them. What a beautiful surah, what a beautiful images Allah is putting in this short surah. What a beautiful type of structure if you will starting with something that is going to happen in this dunya in this life which the Muslims are awaiting and at the end what is going to happen in the day of judgment and in between the status of a losing man a status just like in the insana if you a status of a losing man one who is losing the battle so those who think they are winning they are indeed losers Those who are thinking that they have the superior power, they are losers. Those who are in complete uh, rejection of Islam, they are losers. And they will lose in dunya and in the hereafter. Not only in the hereafter. Because sometimes you say, you know, this oppressive, oh, just Allah Azza wa on the day of judgment will take care of him. True. But as a human, as a human, you want to see this dunya, you want to see that those Muslims in Syria who are being beaten day after day, you want to see an end to Bashar. 
You want to see the power of Muslims and Islam nailing him down. You want to see this tyrant actually whatever he deserves. You want to do that. This is very important. Because we are humans. We are people. And the Muslims at the time of Muhammad were human, were people. They were violated. And they were oppressed. And they were beaten. And they were tortured. They want to see an image within their brains, within their minds, within their hearts. They want to see the fact that those kuffar, the tyrants, will actually be beaten. They will lose. And that is a promise from Allah Azza wa Jal that there will come a day. Those horses will run. And those horses will make that big scene. The scene that every Muslim fighter would love. And that's why in the tafsir, Qurtubi, Tabari, Ibn Kathir, all of them, they talk about the battle of Badr. That this is a scene of Badr. Although the surah was revealed way before Badr, it was revealed when the fighting was not even allowed. The surah was revealed when fighting was not allowed. When Muslims were, were oppressed, and they were weak, and they were overpowered. But the Mufassirin, they found the scene very applicable to Badr. Now how do you combine that? How to, do you make sense out of that? Ah, that's true. It is a scene of Badr, but that was a promise at the time when the surah was revealed. It was a promise. It was a comfort. It was something that instigates power and momentum in the hearts of the oppressed. So today, if someone would tell the brothers in Syria that hang on there, hang on there, there will come a day which is not too far from now when you will be victorious and your tanks will roar in Damascus and will crush the bones of Bashar al-Assad. That will happen. And that's happening. Just hang on there. Don't give in to the promises of the International Monetary Fund or the Security Council or the United States or the NATO. Don't give in to that. Just hang on there. And then there will come a day when the graves will open up and you will see all of those tyrants and those who stood with Bashar killing the Muslims, they will be standing in absolute shameful stand in front of Allah and all the angels. That's what the Muslims need at the time of need. When they are absolutely desperate need. Although violated, although oppressed, although overpowered, that's what they need, this type of surah. So the type of surah, comes handy to the Muslims at the time when they needed this the most. When the struggle had become so fierce. When the temptation to give in has become so great. When the kuffar and the mushrikeen of Mecca, they made very big crack against Muslims. And they were trying to break the zeal of Muslims and the momentum of Muslims. And to force them to accept the terms of the kuffar. Let's worship your God and you worship our God. As the next or two or three surahs ahead down the road, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ At the time of the kuffar, they thought now they, we can break the zeal of the Muslims, let's make deal with them. Let's allow the Muslims to accept the gods of Mecca and we will accept their god as well. So let it be a, a rainbow. Like the salad of the shepherd who 
mixes all the food together, all gods together in the same location. Allah is giving these Muslims the hints and the power and the momentum. Don't give in. Victory is coming in the dunya and in the hereafter. Why should you, why should you pay attention to this loser? They are losers. This insan is fi khusr. America is in a losing situation. It's not winning. Yeah, they have power, but eventually they will lose. Britain, they have power, they will lose. Russia, France, all of these, Bashar, uh, Sisi, all of these, they are in front of Allah Azza wa Jal, no one is a winner. Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who makes victory in this world and makes the final victory in the hereafter. This is the end of Surah Al-Adiyat. What a strong surah, what a strong reflection needed today with this surah for every Muslim who is in the field of struggle, who is in the field of the da'wah, who is in the field of change, in the mission of changing the situation in the world, who is standing up against all types of ta'ud and tyranny, you need this surah, you need to understand it, and you need to visualize those adiyat dabha, wal adiyat dabha, فالموريات قدحا فالمغيرات صبحا فأثرن به نقعا فوسطت به جمعا That scene you need to visualize it and see it's coming and therefore the Muslims will have the upper hand inshallah We'll stop right here Yes brother, go ahead uh, What should the Muslims be doing right now? Uh, we are being told that Well, see, the Muslims always don't think of uh, a Muslim being in one location, and that's it. The Muslims are one ummah around the globe. So the mission and the task upon the Muslim ummah is to continue the, and I will use this word, the mission and the task of a struggle to bring the, the word of Islam and the mission of Islam and the message of Islam to its final destination. And so this is beyond praying and fasting and making dua. Because pray, fast and read Quran is the fuel, it's a power, it's energy. In fact that's what Allah Azza wa Jal told Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Surah Al-Muzammil. يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُزَّمِّلْ قُمِ اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا نِصْفَهُ أَوْ نُقُصْ مِنْهُ قَلِيلًا أَوْ زِدْ عَلَيْهِ وَرَتِّلْ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا إِنَّا سَنُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ قَوْلًا ثَقِيلًا You read the Qur'an, you stand up all night, you read and you do all the prayers to Allah because we are going to give you a very heavy task. So there is a heavy task beyond the prayer. So the prayer that you do, the fasting, the Ramadan, the zakah, all of this, in order to carry the heavy task. What is the heavy task? It is the struggle. What does struggle mean? Struggle means you have to convey the message of Islam and talk about the reality of what Islam is. And convince the people that this is what Islam is about. Islam is about the rulership of Allah Azza wa Jal. It's about the fact Allah is the one and only one ruler. That's what Islam is. That's part of the struggle. And you have to make this conviction in places where the people 
most hate to, 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 to listen about it. Like Musab bin Umayyad. So it's the issue of the continue to bring the components of the struggle between the truth which is Islam and the battle which is Kufr. That's what the Muslims should do. Whether you are here or there or in Syria or in Egypt, it doesn't matter. Any other question? There could be many reasons. Some of the reasons will be fear. Some of the reasons which many people spoke about, there are people who actually sell, they sell literally the words of Allah Azza wa Jal for the dunya of others. It says, Ba'u akhiratahum, they sell their akhirah for the dunya of others. Uh, especially those people who give the fatwa in favor of rulers or in favor of those elites and the, and, the, uh, and the big ones. So what is he taking? Actually he's providing a ground for the ruler to continue to be oppressive and exploit the people. Uh, and it could be some material gains. It could be fear. Uh, very rarely I think it is ignorance. I don't accept that some of these are ignorant, don't know. Because it's, it's clear, as you mentioned, Islam is clear. It's to, to read about the seerah of the Prophet wasallam, about the Qur'an, about the truth. That's not difficult to find. Especially for someone who goes to Islamic schools. Someone who attains knowledge, that's not difficult. But then, the, uh, the, the fear sometimes of the hardships, or the convenience of life, enjoying what is being given to them, uh, that forces them into into uh, into speaking something uh, something wrong. But irrespective of that, the point is not what some people speak or don't speak. It's what I should, because eventually it's my responsibility. That's why we think that the best way is to raise the level of awareness and knowledge among the ummah itself, so that we as people in the ummah, now we can distinguish between what is haqq and what's batil, what's right, what's wrong. So no one can delude us. Whether he has a turban on his head, or whether he has a tie on his neck, or whether he is riding a Mercedes with, uh, with all types of uh, motorcades, it doesn't matter. No one can delude me. Because I have the knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah and of Islam. So we have to, and that's going back to the uh, question of the brother, Part of the thing we need to do is to raise the level of awareness of our Muslim Ummah, Muslim brothers and sisters, so we can no longer be deluded. So that those messages which do not comply with the way the Islam was revealed, it will be rejected. It will be immediately rejected. No, thank you, that I do not accept. That's not Islam.
correct yourself and uh, just keep on doing that. I don't know, there is no relevance to what they are saying. They are just saying correct yourself, so does it mean like indefinitely keep on sitting in one corner of your house and keep on correcting yourself all your life? Yeah. What does that mean? That literally means mind your own business, pray alone, do whatever you think you can, and leave, let everything else be fixed by itself or fall apart. It's not your responsibility. That's what literally it means. Uh, and some of them, they go even farther, and they quote an ayah in the Quran, says, لَا يَدُرُّكُمْ مَنْ ضَلَّ عليكم أنفسكم عليكم أنفسكم لا يضركم من ضل إذا تديتم mind yourself take care of yourself and uh, those who are astray will not affect you لا يضركم من ضل إذا تديتم if you are guided if you are on the on the on the on the right path that will not hurt you those people who go astray will not impact you just mind yourself they quote this ayah of course erroneously Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu heard this ayah. Heard some people saying, oh, just mind yourself, don't worry about things. He said, Fina wallahi nazalat hadihi al-ayah. Fina wallahi nazalat. This ayah was revealed about us, we the muhajireen. Which meant, which meant that you have, you have to work as hard as possible. Work as hard as possible for Islam. You have to pay you have to fight, you have to make jihad. In fact, use the word jihad. You have to make jihad with all means, and at the end of the day, those who continue to be kuffar will not have an impact on you, which means you will be victorious. They will not be able to harm you if you do your job. So Abu Bakr, when he heard some people using this ayah in the wrong context, he said, wait a second. I know what does this ayah mean because it was revealed regarding us. Telling us, do exactly what you are supposed to do. Fight, spend in the cause of Allah, do all of these struggle mission, and then at the end of the day, some people will continue to be misguided, like Abu Jahl. He, 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 he rejected Islam to the last minute. Big deal, that's not going to impact me. As long as I am working for Islam, as long as I am putting Islam high, as long as I am struggling for the case of Islam, yes, there will be always kuffar, there will be people who will deny, there will be people who are kanud, there are people who are khasirin, there will be all types of losers. But that's not going to impact me because I am on the right path. So the idea is, when someone says, mind your own business, take care of yourself, take care of yourself means... Stand up for the truth. That's taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself means stand up for what Allah Azza wa says. Stand up for what the haq is. Stand up against the battle. Stand up against the mushrikeen. Stand up always in the field of Islam, in the field of struggle. That's taking care of yourself. Yeah, take care of yourself with this in this regard. It's not by going home because there are hadiths that says that the weakest and the weakest among the all weakest is one person who is at some point who doesn't know anything absolutely, just go and bite on a tree. Bite on a branch of a tree, that's the absolute lowest among you. 
But that's not the common norm. That's not what Mus'ab bin Umayr did in Mecca. That's not what Abu Bakr did. That's not what Abdullah bin Mas'ud, that's not what Uthman bin Mad'un. Uthman bin Mad'un, one of the Sahaba of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a weak guy, very weak, not strong. He goes in the streets of Mecca and he hears one of the poets talking his poetry. And in Mecca and within Quraysh, poetry is like holy thing. It's their holy stuff. Absolutely holy. So they take some of the big poetry, the good poetry, they write it in gold. On the walls of Kaaba. So if you have a good poetry, to reward you, they write it in gold and they hang it on the walls of Kaaba so everybody would read it. So one of those poets, whose poem was hung on the Kaaba in gold, he was making some poetry reading. That's what he does. He's talking something. Uthman bin Madhu, listen to the guy. And he tells him, man you are wrong. You can't say that. In one occasion, one piece of the poetry, he says, أَلَا كُلُّ شَيْءٍ مَا خَلَى اللَّهَ بَاطِلُ Everything except Allah is absolutely bottom. Uthman bin Madhu says, you know what, that's a correct statement. That is correct statement. Part of, part of one line of poem. Then he continues. He says, وَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ لَا مَحَالَةَ وَكُلُّ نَعِيمٍ لَا مَحَالَةَ زَائِلُ Every precious things will vanish. Uthman al Madun says that's a big lie because the Jannah does not vanish. Now, he minds his own business. That's his business. Yeah, Uthman bin Madun worked on himself. That is working on himself. Because if he hears the guy saying something that's wrong and he let him go with it, that means he is not working on himself. So mind your business, you know, that's a very interesting term. Let's say if you are, if you have a pizza shop, and then someone tells you, oh brother, you know, mind your business. What does mind your business mean? means work on your pizza, deliver it, cook it, take orders from the customers, do whatever you are supposed to do. It doesn't mean go sit home. Mind your business does not mean go sit home. means define what is your business and do it. So my business as a Muslim, to raise the world of Allah Azza wa Jal, to raise Islam, to rise Islam, to make it rise, to make it strong, to make it prevail. That's my business. So when you tell me, mind your business, it means stand up for Islam, convey Islam, make struggle for the case of Islam, make the da'wah for Islam. That's what mind your business means, because that's, because that's my business as a Muslim. Who believe in Allah Azza wa Jal. Now if I don't believe in Allah or I believe in multiple gods, then my business will be to please this God and that God. So minding my business to be actually to be cool and nice to multiple gods. To the security council, on the war front, and to God in the masjid. To the IMF, International Monetary Fund, in the marketplace, and to God in the masjid. That becomes my business, but that is a corrupt business. Then you tell me, brother, that is bad business. That is a losing business. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرَ That is, you are loser if that's your business. Make your business only a business with Allah Azza wa Jal. And mind it, and work on it.
So yeah, I agree, mind your business, but define what your business is. Work on yourself. Yes, I agree, but work what? Do what with myself? Only pray and fast and make zakah? Okay, I'll pray and fast and make zakah. Then I'll go and do riba. Then I will go and do zina. Then I will go and lie. Then I will go and steal. Because I've done the basics. That's ridiculous. I go and line up myself, ally with the kuffar. Oh, you'll tell me what's wrong with that? Oh, read Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 51. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, la tattakhidu al-yahuda wa al-nasara awliya. Ba'dhum awliya wa ba'd. Wa mayyatawallahum minkum fa'annahu minhum. Do not ally yourself with the kuffar, the Jews and the Christians. They are the allies of one another. And if you make yourself in alliance with them, then you are one of them. And then you are a loser. And then you are a loser. And you are zalim. Wallahu la yahdi al-qawm al-zalimin. So yes, I agree. Mind your business, work on yourself. But work on yourself doing what? which is in Surah Al-Anfal. It was revealed, this surah, this ayah was revealed at the time when the Muslims were in the war front. They were lined up, in fact there is another ayah that describes the scene. So there is a scene. The scene is, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَإِذْ خَرَجْتَ مِنْ أَهْلِكَ Telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you came out from your, you left your home and your family. خَرَجْتَ مِنْ أَهْلِكَ means you left your family behind. تُبَوِّئُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ مَقَاعِدَ لِلْقِتَالِ You are lining up the mu'mineen, the believers, in positions for fight. So you, you say, you stand here, you stand there, you become in the front, you are on the right, you are on the left, he is lining them up. After that, once he is done lining them up, standing up in the location, the proper locations for the work, then comes the ayah, Now you start asking Allah Azza wa for help. Now you ask Allah for help, you are in the war front. You are not at home with your family, with your wife and children, and you are making dua, oh Allah give us support. Support what? Victory what? You are not in the war front to give you a victory. You are not there. You be in the location where victory comes. And then Allah Azza wa will give you the victory. That's when He says, Woman Nasru illa min Then Allah says, I replied, I responded to your call, 
I gave you 1,000 angels and they are one after another and each angel knows exactly what he, what he wants to do in the war. And then he says, وَمَنْ نَصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ The victory is indeed from Allah Azza wa Jal, but the victory does not come from Allah Azza wa Jal to people who are not in the war front. Just like the struggle to bring Islam into existence to, for Khilafah. If you are not in the market, in the business, in the field, calling for Khilafah, working for it, making all that's necessary, and then you say, I want Khilafah to come, Allah Azza wa Jal will make it. Yeah, of course, Allah will make it happen. But Allah will make it happen for people who are working for it. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen like that. I usually give this anecdote, this joke. Now think of it only as anecdote, as joke. The guy, one guy kept asking Allah Azza wa Jal for many years, Oh Allah, give me a son. Oh Allah, give me a son. I want son. Many years. Every night after Salat al-Isha, he makes prayer. Oh Allah, I need children. I don't have children. Then one day, in the dream, he sees some dream. And in the dream he sees someone like a person, he doesn't know whether he's an angel, a person, someone, telling the guy, you have been asking Allah Azza wa Jal, your God, to give you a child. Allah indeed, your Rabb, wants to respond to your call and satisfy it. But for God's sake, go and get married. You don't even have a wife. How is it that you have a child when you don't have a wife? So when you are not in the, in the business of war, how do you expect to get a victory from Allah Azza wa Jal? If you are not in the field, in the struggle for Islam, to bring Islam up, and to bring Khilafah, and to bring the Sharia, you are not working for it. How do you expect that to happen? How do you expect that Allah Azza wa Jal will make it? Allah will make it happen for those people who are calling for it. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as you said in the seerah, he was in Mecca day and night circulating Mecca looking for people who, has, who is going to support Islam. He is talking to Bani Shayban, he is talking to Bani Amr bin Sasa, he is talking to Bani Abdullah, he is talking to Bani Hanifa, he is talking to Al-Khazraj, he is talking to all people. He is addressing all of them. He is moving them from one tent to another tent, from market to market, from location to location. And then while he was in this big struggle, call it this big mission, he found and he got, he met the six members, six men from Khazraj, who were coming to Mecca looking for some type of alliance with the people of Mecca. He met with them and he started the interaction about Islam and about the Nusra and about all of this issue. But if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was at home, now at the time his wife has already passed, Khadija, but if he's at home and he's making the dua, and Allah azza wa responds with the dua, he brings the people of Khazraj, as Aisha later said, Allah azza wa he drove the six men from Khazraj to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saqa Allahu ila nabiyyi thalika al-nafaru min al-Khazraj saqa Allah, Allah drove them now Allah drove them he brought them all the way from Medina from Yathrib to Mecca to Quraysh in the premise to meet with Muhammad but if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was at home if he continued to be at home making dua at home he's not there how is he going to meet with them? what's going to happen? But he is in the market. 
He is in the business of looking for support. He is in the business of looking for people to interact with Islam. He is, lo- he is in the business of finding people who are going to provide the victory and support for Islam. The people come, he finds them. People come, he is not there, he will not find them. So that's the issue is, yes, victory from Allah Azza wa Jal, but victory from Allah Azza wa Jal for those people who are working and asking for the victory and they are in the field of receiving victory. Okay. Do you have any, anybody has another final question? We can stay. If no one, go ahead. Not every Muslim can join the Muslims in Syria. There is no question about that. Muslims are 1.5 billion people and the uh, situation in Syria is replicated almost everywhere. Yeah, true. But what I'm saying is in Syria the, the reality of the situation is that there is a tyrant who has to be removed and replaced with Islam. Right? But then, Syria is not the only place. Yes, in Syria there is a blood struggle, there is a bloodshed, but the issue is not the bloodshed. Bloodshed in Syria has been going on for many years. People were arrested, were killed, were termin- exterminated in many different occasions. The issue is, the real issue is, there is a struggle against a tyrant or tyranny that implements kufr against Islam. But that issue is replicated every place in the world. It's in Pakistan, it's in Bangladesh, it's in Indonesia, it's in Malaysia, it's in Uzbekistan, it's in Kyrgyzstan, it's in Jordan, it's in Turkey, it's in Iraq, it's in Egypt, so it's in Algeria, it's in Morocco, I can count all the Muslim countries. So the issue, the duty, my duty, and your duty, and everyone else, the action plan is, in each location, where Muslim can be influential and effective, has to initiate a similar struggle, similar struggle to replace the Taghut and the tyranny with Islam. So it doesn't mean that wherever there is struggle, the struggle started in Turkey, therefore everybody has to move to Turkey. No. Because unfortunately, it's, Turkey is not the only place where Islam is not implemented, and Syria is not the only place also. But Syria happens to be the one with the major bloodshed. Although I am in complete agony about the situation of Muslims in Syria, but if I am in Jordan, my worry will be to initiate and start and lead a struggle in a similar manner in wherever I am. Because it's, it's all the same scenario. So it's not the issue is direct all the attention, all the money, all the wealth, Everybody collect your penny, send it to Syria. Although in Syria they are in dire need, more need than in other places. But that is not the issue. The issue is, there is a struggle that must be initiated and must exist in each and every place in the Muslim world. Wherever Islam is not implemented, which is all the Muslim world. In order to bring 
Islam back into existence. Now Islam can come, nobody knows where it will come first. Although the struggle in Syria is fierce, it may, Islam as a system may erupt in Algeria. It could, or in Turkey, or in Iraq, before Syria. And then, once Islam is erupted in one place with the support of Allah Azza wa Jal and the work of the Muslims, then that location becomes part of the support of the struggle in other locations, whether it's Syria or other, other than Syria. So Syria, the issue in Syria is not the bloodshed, because tomorrow the bloodshed can stop. They can stop it. America can order Bashar al-Assad to stop it, and he will. So the issue is not the bloodshed, it's not the killing, it's not the termination, although that's big and that's haram. But the issue is tyranny and Islamic rules that have to be removed. And that situation exists everywhere, everywhere else. So the Muslims, they have to get involved in the struggle to bring Islam into existence wherever that can be done. It has to be in an organized manner. Organized manner means we have to coordinate that. So we should be as part of one global group, global movement, global whatever, that eventually can initiate and instigate struggle in all of these sublocations. Then Islam becomes rising in all different places at the same time. Okay? Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.